on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC. We've got an interview with OU legend Blake Bell. We talked to the Belldozer about his season with the Dallas Cowboys and get into some of the big storylines in the NFL. We also give you the latest OU football updates, including Bob Stoops replacing Urban Meyer on Big Noon Kickoff, and the date for the spring game is set. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. My man Mike Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's beautiful Monday, March 15th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC. Metro Ford of OKC's inventory is the best of the best. In fact, they own more Black Widows and more 2021 F-150s than anybody else. They're the only Roush and Rocky Ridge dealer in the state. You can find a ride at Metro Ford of OKC that you can't find anywhere else in Oklahoma. Just like their selection of vehicles is unmatched, so is their customer service. The Metro Ford of OKC Difference Program is included with the purchase of every new and pre-owned vehicle. It includes free oil changes for life, lifetime window tint, lifetime nitrogen fill for your tires, complimentary wheel locks, interior fabric protection, complimentary service loaners, a complimentary shuttle with service, and a complimentary multi-point inspection. Come feel the performance when you test drive a Roush or Raptor and come see why the difference is real at Metro Ford of OKC. Visit MetroFordOfOKC.com for more information or go to the dealership and tell them we sent you. Now we're recording this several nights early, Ted, several nights. So if some of this stuff seems a little old, we apologize for nothing. I'm on vacation, people. Leave me alone. (laughs) Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know who you want us to try to get on the podcast. This episode, we've got the dozer, Ted. We've got the bell dozer, Blake Bell. Dude, he's churning out a heck of an NFL career, man. And and he's not slowing down at all. What's that? I think that was his sixth year. And yeah. um, had another good, solid year. He shows that, you know, he can do a bunch of different things. So I I think he, the future still remains bright, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so damn proud of that guy. Now, obviously I have my, my bias because he's, he's one of my best friends, but he, he continues to impress me uh, with his ability to block at the tight end position. Uh, I do think he's become one of the more consistent guys blocking in the league at that position. And the Cowboys, you know, once Jarwin went down, they asked him to do a lot. So got a fun conversation with Blake but first a few OU updates let's start here Ted Bob Stoops our coach first ballot hall of famer will be replacing Urban Meyer on Fox's big noon kickoff he'll be joining Reggie Bush Matt Leinart Brady Quinn and the host Rob Stone 
I absolutely cannot wait for this. And I'm interested to see how Bob handles it. I really am. But he has loosened up so much in retirement. And I think the more TV he does, the more comfortable he's going to get at doing it because it can be a little uncomfortable at first. Teddy, you're in the business. You know that. You do a lot of television. But I do think once he establishes that comfortability and kind of gets rolling and feels good in front of the camera, which I I think it's pretty well known. It wasn't his favorite thing in the world when he was coaching, but I think he's going to do a really good job. And he kind of has some big shoes to fill. Let's be real. Urban Meyer was pretty damn good on that show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously coach Stoops has, a ton of resources, knows everyone in the business, uh, can call up any coach and have a conversation about their football team to learn what he needs to learn. That's that's something that he's got that most most people will never get, no matter how much TV they do. So he's got that advantage. Uh, the The one thing that I'm curious to see, and this isn't just coach Stoops it's it's really any coach or player for that matter that transitions into into television or radio or any type of media we've been conditioned for so long to say the exact same things everyone says the same thing you can you can cut and paste every coach's uh, post game comments it doesn't matter who played in what game they all say the exact same thing we got out coach today, credit to our opponent. We got some things we got to get better on. We were good, but we're not quite there. I mean, it's all the same stuff. And you've got to you got to learn how to get out of those things and and be comfortable getting your opinion out there because you you go through your entire life with no opinion, just repeating the same stuff over and over, you know? So I think he'll adapt quickly, and you're right. I think, I think it's better that he's had s- some time before he went into that job instead of going straight from coaching and straight into it. You, you have time to settle into a, a, a little bit more. He'll never be a normal fan, but at least get to see the game maybe from those eyes like he hadn't seen it before. Right, and I, I do think that he, he is the type of guy, especially as I've gotten to know him since he retired, he is the type of guy that doesn't want to half-ass stuff, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the man wrote a book called No Excuses, for God's sake. So I, I think he's going to take it very seriously. I, I think he's going to want to be good. And that's exciting because it, it, it's going to be fun to see a guy that you know coached us and has – such a great reputation and so many connections to Oklahoma on that stage. The interesting thing is going to be, and I think a lot of people are thinking about this is okay. If OU struggles at some point in time, how is he going to approach that? And I'm not worried about it. I think he'll be fair in his criticisms. I think he'll be measured. I think he'll, he'll say what he feels, but that could be a bit of an awkward situation that could arise, but that's part of the job. So I'm not necessarily worried about it, but I know OU, some OU fans brought up like, okay, well, what happens if 
OU isn't playing well or something like that. Will he be able to criticize them? And I don't think he'll have any problem doing that, Ted. No, I don't either. And I don't think he'll say anything that isn't abundantly obvious. You know, if, if some late game turnovers cost you a football game, I don't think it's out of line for someone to say, you got to take better care of the ball. If penalties are an issue and cost you momentum on a drive or uh, were a big factor late, I don't think it's uh, out of line to say that, you know, you, you've got to be more disciplined. So I don't think he's going to say anything that won't be abundantly clear. You know I mean? Right. And, and I don't think that if he does say something like that, if you're a coach or if you're Lincoln or if you're an OU fan that, that you should feel any different than if he was standing at the podium saying it because he would have said those same things about his, his team whenever he was coaching him. So I, I would just take it in stride. Hell, he's earned the uh, ability to be able to critique Oklahoma, I would say, right? Absolutely. And there is one thing I hope that they do, and, and people forget, like, Bob has clearly has such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the game in general, but that dude knows the hell out of defense. And he stayed on top of it, right, with – you know, showing up to some OU practices and he's he, he watches a ton of games, like all those types of things. I hope that they showcase his knowledge of defense somehow because not many people on the planet know more about defensive football than Bob Stoops. So I, I, I really hope that Fox leans into that a little bit. They did some of that stuff offensively with Urban Meyer. I really enjoyed. And, and I think that they should they should utilize that and kind of showcase it on that show. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. And I bet they do. They're going to be paying a lot of money for them. So you might yeah, as well get are. some of that expertise out while you can. I think coach Deuce is going to be like, this is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I should have been doing this the whole time I've been retired. I don't have to work that much. I could go golf all over the country, make a ton of bank. It's going to be great. Wait, you're telling me I just have to watch the games and say what I think about what happened? That's it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much he's he's going to make. I, I, and maybe those numbers have been thrown out there. Or maybe people know what Urban Meyer made. But I bet it's not going to be too far off from what he made as a head coach. And he's going to spend about one one-hundredth of the time working as he did whenever he was coaching and 0% of the stress. It's going to be a great gig. He's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun to get to see him do that in college game day. Watch out. Look out. Big dude kickoffs got Bobby Stoops. No big deal. Okay. One other OU football thing as announced a while ago. Since you're listening to this, we know it's a little dated now, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's okay for me because I was the one that put it out first. Joe Castiglione gave it to me and Holly Rowe on Big 12 today first. So we got to break a little news. Man, Teddy, that breaking news high. Huge. That's good stuff. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's like I I fear doing stuff like that because I'm always scared that it's going to change. So I never put anything out there like that. I feel I'll, like 
I feel like Holly tweeted it and you just retweeted her, right? Is that is that did I see that? How properly? dare you? No, I tweeted it first. Oh, okay. God, so insulting me. No, yeah. but uh Joe Casiglione came on our show, told us that OU spring game will be April twenty-fourth. Now the time for kickoff and uh, the TV details are still be determined as of the recording of this podcast. But one thing is for sure that 25% capacity. So a lot of fans that want to go will be able to go. And hopefully the number one concern, right? With the spring game is always weather, right? It's always weather. Now people worry about, okay, what musical actor are they going to get? I don't even know if that's going to be a thing this year. It wouldn't make much sense if you can have, if, you're only going to have 25 capacity. You're going to have recruits. I yeah, mean, you're not going to have kind recruits. Of the deal recently has been to put on a big production because you're going to have a ton of recruits there. Yeah, and I, and I know that there are ongoing talks about them doing something in the month of June that would be very impressive to recruits. But it's always exciting when they set a date, Ted, and and we know when the spring game is coming, and we will dive into – a lot of things we're hearing about spring ball, uh, some of the position battles and all that stuff. But I'm just, I'm just glad to see it. Didn't have it last year. We get it this year. I'm just, it, once again, progress, baby, progress. Yeah, I am pissed though because I, I felt like the Friday night spring game was the greatest thing ever. I felt like the fans loved it. I felt like the players and coaches loved it. I know I definitely loved it. And I yes, it's selfish. I want the weekend, okay? Fine. It's selfish, but still I thought it was awesome whenever we did it on a Friday night. That's just me. I thought it was would have been perfect to kind of have that as the new tradition, but opportunity missed. I'm sorry, man. I I really don't You know what? I hadn't really thought about it. Friday night versus Saturday night. It's I, so I much would, better. I would be all in for Friday night just from because we're going to have to do radio for it. And maybe I don't know if we're going to do a, a pregame show, a television show for it or not. What, what are we going to do for it? But yeah, you're right. Then this is coming from the guys that absolutely love 11 a.m. kickoffs because <laughs> we get true. to get home. We get to That's work true. and then get home. So maybe but we're the not year the best they did judge it, Remember, this. it was on – I think there was weather, so they had short notice. They bumped it up to Friday. They end up having like a, a concert or something down on Campus Corner, and it was awesome. People, you know, that weren't even coming to the spring game ended up going to Campus Corner and turned into – uh, a pretty nice little deal, pretty nice little event. And that was like on a Monday or something, they moved it up. Uh, I wish they would have scheduled it that way, but I don't know. Saturday we'll take what is. we can get. At least they're having it. No, I right? agree. It uh, will be fun to get back out there. Yeah, I've talked to, I've talked to some people, especially uh, I've talked to some people around the Iowa State program. They basically have done away with the spring game. Uh, I, I don't think Matt Campbell sees a lot of value in it. So at least OU fans are getting something, right? Well, some places, you know, they've never – it's not it's not an event that's really heavily attended. If you've got a small fan base and there's not really anyone going to be there, because let's be honest, when it comes to the spring game, the players and coaches are like, let's go out there, wave to the cameras, and get out of here as quick as possible without anyone getting hurt. 
I mean, if you ask, if you put truth serum in Lincoln's veins, he'd probably say that he'd like to do away with it too. But, you know, it's been a huge recruiting point for him in recent years. Now, this year, whenever that's not the case, don't know how amped they'll be about it. I'll say this when, you know, in 2010, when I'd moved over to the offensive line, maybe it was just me. Maybe it's just because I'm a little weird, but like the spring game was a huge deal to me. Like as a player, I was like, I have to play well. If I do, like this is as close to a game situation as we're getting, I have to play well or the coaches are going to think I suck and I'm never going to get to play. I don't know. I took it super seriously. Like I understand, but I hadn't, you know, gotten on the field yet. Now, as I aged, I understood, okay, maybe I took it a little too seriously my Richard freshman year, but I always viewed it as an opportunity, especially when I was a young player. So I assume, maybe I'm crazy, but I assume some guys still view it that way. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's Not funny. all of us were absolute stars like Teddy Lehman, okay, bud? Hey, uh, so here's what's funny. So the spring before my senior year, um, which that's usually the year where you don't hardly play at all, right, in, in the spring game. So on, like, Wednesday before the Saturday spring game, I sprained my ankle in practice. And it swelled up real bad, and, you know, I, I wasn't I, – I think I, I – we may not have even practice Friday, but Coach Venables told me the day before the spring game that you're not playing and – we don't even we don't even want you to dress out and be on the sideline. So just stay in the locker room during the game. So I was like, sweet. I'll just say, Gabe, that I had a long Friday night. Okay. And I walk into the facility Saturday morning. A little bit of a headache. Okay. And Coach Venables runs over there and is like, hey, we want you to dress out. And uh, just be out on the field and maybe go through one series or two. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. So I started pounding Gatorades. and But by the time I got out there and got warmed up, I was pissed off that I only played one series. I think we, like, went three and out. And I was like, just let's go. Now that I'm here, let's get this thing going. But, yeah, that I'm my uh, my heart sank whenever he came over and told me that I'm dressing out. <laughs> Remember when hangovers like weren't a thing when we were young? It could oh, just... it's like a. I mean, all you do is go hit a Gatorade, maybe a Tylenol. It's like game on. Those were the days. The uh, I, I did not play in the spring game my senior year or leading into my senior season because I got in a fight in spring practice and broke my hand. So yeah, that was hey uh, it, that made everyone a... happy. Yeah, it's a good time to remind everyone that when you punch a helmet, I didn't guy... punch it. I had it. I I grabbed it, and first of all, the fight happened because I blocked a guy too well. Yeah, Frank Shannon, I said it. I put you on your back, and you were all mad about it. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. But I, he punched. He was punching me, and I put my hand on his face mask, and he did this weird thing, and like I don't know what it did to my hand, but it just I felt it just he go probably I smacked your hand and moved his helmet at the same he, time. It was it was this I don't know, but it just went and I it I will never forget. I walked back to the huddle and Beatenbo's like, You're all right? And I go, I broke my hand. He's like, What? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, definitely broke my hand. 
And Jim <laughs> Jim Hillis comes over, grabs it, looks at me, and goes, "Yeah, he broke his hand." And I was, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I definitely did." Okay, let's get to our interview with the Bell Dozer. But first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And don't forget to go buy some rock and roll tequila. Rock and roll tequila is the ultra premium tequila that hits all the right notes. It's won all kinds of awards for its superior taste and smooth finish. To find a store that has it, visit rockandrolltequila.com or check out their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This stuff is fantastic. If you don't want to take our word for it, maybe you'll listen to this guy who is the new host, or not host, the new talent, the talent, Bob's talent, the new Mm -hmm. talent on Big Noon Kickoff. This is Coach Bob Stoops. When you're a college football coach, it's important to have an eye for talent. The same holds true when choosing your tequila. When I tried rock and roll, I liked it so much, I decided to become a partner in this Oklahoma-owned company. Crafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, the smooth taste of rock and roll's triple distilled platinum, our Añejo, called Cristalino, and the incredible premium quality mango tequila are awesome. Our defiantly unique guitar-shaped bottles make it easy to find, and you'll love the ultra-premium quality and taste. No excuses. Make rock and roll your game day tequila. Tastefully rebellious, start the party with rock and roll. It is our pleasure to be joined by an OU legend, a man known simply by one name, the Bell Dozer. Blake Bell is in the house. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? I'm just I'm hanging out, man, in Oklahoma. I'd be a relief to get that season over with. What's that? Had to be a relief to get that season done and finished. Yeah, it was it was brutal, man. I mean, it we we were close, you know, as as Coach McCarthy was was always saying, and and uh, but yeah, anytime you're losing, and obviously being with the Dallas Cowboys and the expectations, uh, yeah, it's not what we wanted. But I had a great time. Coaches, players were fantastic, welcoming in, and uh, but yeah, it was it, it was brutal, man. It, it wasn't what we wanted. So. Before we kind of talk about some of the things that happened during the 2020 season for y'all, I, I know you made a really tough decision last year, right, in free agency. Uh, you end up choosing Dallas o- over Kansas City, over a couple other places that you could have landed. But even though the season didn't go the way y'all wanted it to, what what was it like playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Because I just I, I feel like there's this aura about playing for that team and kind of the things that I'd heard from guys that have played there is just, it's awesome from every aspect of things. Is is that kind of how it was for you? It was, man. I mean, just like walking into the facilities for the first day, uh, you know, you just see the lunchrooms, the pictures, the tradition, you know, you, you think about yourself playing and then you look back and you see all these guys that have done it before you and all the Super Bowl rings they've had. 
and you kind of it kind of hits you a little bit. And you know, walking in the locker room and just everything that Jerry's done, uh, you know, in that organization is, is incredible. And uh, you know, just listen to the guys talk as well, just about you know, get ready, you know, for the media and just all the things that come with playing with the Dallas Cowboys. And they were right. Uh, you know, you almost have to stay off the social medias at times, uh, you know, if you're, you're winning or you're losing, um, cause you never know what they're going to say, but, uh, yeah, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, the media kind of paints the picture of the Dallas Cowboys like it's dysfunctional, it's in disarray, and I, I personally believe that Jerry Jones wants it that way. To where it's always there's always something to talk about. But behind the scenes, is there is there any hint of that at all, or is it as tightly run as all the other places that you've seen? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, with Coach McCarthy coming in and the the staff that he got. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, it's, it's one of the better ones I've been around. Um, and they handle, uh, very professionally and, um, it was, it was great, but you know, at the end of the day, like I was saying, when you're losing games and you're coming in that Monday, Tuesday, you know, everyone's a little bit, you know, it's not what you want. Right. I mean, the NFL, you guys know how it is. It's a fine line between winning and losing. And, you know, a lot of times we were on that, the bad end of it. And coach McCarthy did a great job of just trying to explain to us that, Hey, you know, we got to keep fighting. You know, this is your job. You know, this is where you're trying to put food on the table for your family. Um, and, and this is you got to come to work every day and try to fix it. And uh, and we did. And I felt like we were close. And, and we obviously had some injuries with that going down and uh, two tackles going down and just all over the board. So uh, it's next man up. But you guys know how it is. If, if you guys got, you know, a guy like that going down, it's uh, it's not what you want. No kidding. Now. Before we kind of dive into, you know, the six and 10 and maybe what the mood was, uh, I'm just curious, Blake, like how was the season for you when it comes to all the protocols, uh, all, all the things you guys had to do because of the coronavirus aspect of things, you know, going and playing in stadiums where there was only a couple people in the crowd from, from that standpoint, just how weird was this season for an in a, for, for, all NFL players. Well, I think it just starts with the the testing and, and all the protocols, like you're saying. I mean, every single morning between six and noon, you had to go get a COVID test. Now, whether that was before breakfast or after the first meeting or right before practice or coach yelling at you on the field, hey, go get your COVID test before you get in trouble. <laughs> um, so it started with stuff like that. And then obviously the mask and, and different stuff that everyone had to get used to through the season. And uh, I think that was the toughest thing. And then, like you said, going into the the stadiums, you know, we play our first game in L.A. against the Rams, and you can hear the teams clapping and saying, yeah, go. It's like a, it was like a high school scrimmage. So in your mind, you got to kind of maybe pop one of those smelling salts and go, okay, here we go. This is, <laughs> this is the real deal. <laughs> is it tough as a – you know, football is all about the locker room, man. It's the camaraderie and – and, uh, you know, developing that chemistry for a group, was it tough as a free agent to kind of get with the team and get to know everyone and just kind of getting to know the lay of the land with having that offseason where you guys weren't there? And, you know, a lot of teams did uh, so much stuff via Zoom, so it just wasn't a typical team atmosphere. Was it ever hard to kind of feel like you were really a part of that group? 
You know, it was just just from the no OTAs that really hurt, I think, you know, and not just like you're saying, just getting to know the guys. I mean, the more you're around guys and you can kind of laugh and tell stories, you get to know them, you know, it makes it better for you. So, you know, I'm kind of walking in there and, you know, I'm walking next to guys that they don't know who I am. I don't know who they have, you know, I might know who they are, but they probably don't know who I am. And, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, start conversation with them. Hey, you know, what's going on? But that was the toughest thing, just trying to get, obviously you're tight with the tight end group, but like you said, you know, the O-linemen, you know, we weren't there for OTAs, walkthroughs. Hey, you know, how do they make their calls? You know, what are they like? You know, if I'm, if I'm chipping, do you want me to touch them? Do you not want me to touch them? Because some guys, you know, they might get really mad at you if you touch them. So stuff like that. And it was the hardest thing about it. But I think as we got going and, you know, like the more walkthroughs we had and, and practices, uh, it, it got there. But yeah, I'd say that no OTAs really, really hurt us. So that's interesting, you know, going back all the way to for the preseason stuff for you, right? Because you, you, you sign a free agency and then you, you don't show up, right? I mean, it's just got to be completely bizarre. So with all of that, did you feel like going into the season that you were behind mentally or physically where you normally would be heading into the season? You know, I, I felt good physically and, and mentally uh, so-so, you know, like, so I was coming up here upstairs just like I'm doing now and we'd have all these meetings and coaches, you know, it could be offensive group meetings and then we'd go break off in the tight end uh, group room. And, you know, we're going through all these installs and, you know, they're going fast, you know, Kellen was, was moving through them. And then we go into the tight end room and we try to break it down. But like you got, I mean, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, you can take so many notes, you can write stuff down, but I'm a guy that I like to get on the field. I like to see stuff. I like to see it happening. And that was the toughest thing. So, I mean, I had this notebook full of notes that I get to camp and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you're on the field going. And it's like, whoa, you know, I, I was up here in zoom meetings for <laughs> however long we were. And, and uh, you know, then all of a sudden it just pops off. So uh, it definitely was different, but uh, we, we, we got through it. And you, you know, just to add another layer to it, you had what three, at least three quarterbacks that started this season, you know, obviously you start off with, with Dak, he gets hurt. Uh, Dalton goes in, then he takes that, that concussion. Then you got Danucci come in. So I got to imagine offensively, every quarterback they're the way they are in the huddle, they're, their cadence, everything is, is different. Is that hard on an offense and even you specifically to constantly be adjusting to a new quarterback or do you kind of take that in stride? Well, I'd say in most, most cases it probably is. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Andy Dalton, you know, and he's a, you know, nine, 10 year vet in the league that's obviously started all those years. So he gets it, man. He's been there. He's done it. Um, but like you said, obviously having Dak go down is, is, is terrible for the Cowboys. And, and uh, you know, you could just feel it in that stadium when it happened. I mean, it was silent. You could hear a pin drop. So uh, Andy did a great job coming in, though. Um, but like you said, yeah, different cadences. You know, everyone had to get used to it. Some guys jumping off sides just because Dax was a little faster, a little quicker. Um, and, you know, then Andy went down and, and, you know, you have a guy like Ben DiNucci come in, which – you know, I mean, poor guy, it's, it's, you know, you get thrown in there. You haven't even played. We had no OTAs, you know, he's a, I forget, what was he a seventh round pick? 
and you get thrown in there on what was that Monday night football or was it Thursday night? I forget what I point it was Monday night. Sunday, Monday or Sunday night. Yeah. And you know, you get thrown in there and it's like, Hey, I got these, these guys coming after me and you know, it's his real deal. So, uh, you know, I think he did a good job for what he could, but, uh, you know, like at the end of the day, man, yeah, we just, we, we missed four out there for sure. So with the issues you guys, you know, the injuries you guys had at the quarterback position, did McCarthy and you ever have the conversation, right? And I know that a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, like, okay, if they get to an emergency QB situation, did, did he ever pull you aside and say, hey, if shit goes really wrong, <laughs> can you still take a snap? You still got it? Oh, yeah. We, we, had, some, uh, we had some combos, and even with the quarterback coach and, and the OC, and, and we, uh, we kind of laughed about it because, you know, I'd go out there and I actually took a couple snaps and, and did some stuff in, in one of the walkthroughs that we had, and, you know, guys are just laughing because, you know, you have half the guys that know my story. And you have half the guys that don't. And they're like, you played quarterback? I was like, yeah, we, we won't get into that. <laughs> but uh, well, then we had that game. We had a couple things going in. We had the quarterback sneak. We finally ran it. We had it. It was so awesome. And uh, we actually took it from, from Washington. And then it's funny how, you know, in the NFL the next week, the 49ers run it with check and he does it out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, it's just funny how it's a copycat league, but. We actually had a couple more plays come in, but, you know, I won't get into it just in case I go back there in free agency. You never know. We might see them. (laughs) (laughs) Quick break. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com and tell them we sent you. Also, make sure you stop by Riverwind. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience. There are temperature screenings at all entrances and masks are required for all patrons and employees because your safety is Riverwind's number one priority. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And for March's Kitchen Cash-In, all wildcard members that earn 500 points on their wildcard playing AGS machines will win a continental stand mixer. Let's go. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Okay, back to the interview. Well, did that, you know, whenever those conversations came up, was that a was that something where they they put extra stuff on your plate as far as homework or 
is it something that you already knew and it was it would have been uh, pretty easy had you gotten to a situation like that to to be able to step in and, and handle some of it? Well, you definitely have the you know the quarterback coach will come over there and just ask you, hey, you know, I got these you know five to ten plays. You know, let's just run these. Let's get good with it, just in case something like that would happen, like you said, and we'll go from there. So it, it was never one of those that nobody wanted it to happen. But yeah, like those ten plays that I would have uh, set aside for me, just in case it happened. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, that was the big reason why I was that guy because all of a sudden the, the starting guy goes down. Now we only have you know it's that next quarterback and me with with numbers wise, you know, because you're only suiting two quarterbacks up on the on the fifty three. So. Uh, it's it's definitely weird, and you know it's it's all fun and games till you uh, actually have to go take a snap out there. <laughs> so, with the position you were actually supposed to play for the Dallas Cowboys, it, it was interesting for you right at the start of the season. Uh, weren't playing as many snaps probably as you thought you would. You signed there, uh, you know, for a decent figure there in free agency, and, and you find yourself just playing a handful of snaps, but then. Like Jarwin goes down with the ACL and just uh, you, you never want to see a teammate go down. But how, how did that kind of change your role within the season? Because all of a sudden you were on the field a lot more. Yeah, and it's just it's terrible. Like you said, when you see Blake go down and, you know, I remember we're on the sideline there and he's running like a little 10 yard out and he just plants and just went down. I mean, he didn't get touched by anybody. Um, you know, knew the turf out there. People can say what they want, but it was a terrible deal. Um, but yeah, so then all of a sudden I started playing a little bit more as me and Dalton Schultz and, you know, we actually had a good tight end room and, and we meshed well and Dalton, uh, had a hell of a, a hell of a season for sure. And, you know, I kind of found my, found my role and, and that a lot of it was in a 12 personnel with a two tight end set. And, uh, you know, I felt like I played well and I actually towards, you know, moving into the middle to the end of the season, I was playing a lot. We were running a lot, uh, 12 personnel and running the ball and, uh, you know, when you got a guy like Zeke back there, you you definitely want to uh, try to make your blocks, that's for sure, because that guy feel, can run hard. Do you feel like the quarterback situation was better for you because you guys ended up maybe having to lean on the run a little bit more, or was it worse from you uh, that, you know, maybe there was things in Dak's game that he could really utilize the, the tight end sets better, or was it just kind of a wash? Yeah, I think it's, you know – there's something to be said about that with that going out. Um, but then again, I mean, Andy, Andy Dalton, like we said, we, he, he's played, he knows he gets it. Um, so he, he was doing just fine for us, but I think, yeah, I think when Dak went down, we were trying to run the ball and establish the run game, you know, with just, you know, with the losing and, and everything going, it's like, Hey, let's get this run game going and then set up the play action and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, a lot of teams are starting to load the box on us because obviously we had number 21 back there and, and they kind of knew what we were trying to do. But, uh, you know, we at the end of the day, you know, we just we didn't get it done. And uh, like I said, we we wanted to win more games, but it was uh, it's a fine line. Now, I, I'm not sure we anticipated you becoming, you know, one of the honestly one. And I, I'm not just saying this because you're one of my best friends, but you, you become one of the more consistent blocking tight ends in the league. Right. When when you watch the tape. You, you have become a very consistent blocker, but with the way that your guys' offensive line struggled because of all the injuries, 
were you surprised at how much you were asked to do, uh, most notably in pass protection? Because uh, you were put in some interesting situations. You know how I do it. I go back and watch all the snaps and just watch for you. And I was just like, damn, how many times are they going to put him one-on-one with the defensive end in no pass pro? Well, you know, it was a kind of a running joke in the in the tight end room and stuff around the, the facility, but you know, it's like a lot of these protections, you know, the tight ends out there, sometimes it tackles out depending on the front you get, or sometimes he's got to step down and then he'll be out later. Well, it just seemed like that that tackle was stepping down and he was hanging down inside and then he'd get back. And I said, dude, listen, can you please get out here as soon as you can? Not that we, we can do the best we can, but I mean, you know, in our division, I mean, some of those defensive ends, it's like, throw it, throw it. <laughs> Just give me a, just give me an arm, please. Just give me oh, no a doubt. little bit of an arm. <laughs> now, I, I'd be worried though if someone started walking up and be like, "Hey, you think you could get to 300, 305, maybe start playing a little tackle for us?" No, well, <laughs> I know I need to go talk to Lane Johnson about that. He, he's yeah. the uh, the perfect guy for that, right? <laughs> yeah. So w- whenever, as as the season rolls on and. And we've all been there and it's, it be, well, I guess it was a little bit different for you guys because your division, it, you guys were able to hang in there longer than maybe you would in a typical year. But what was it like whenever you really got into those, those grinders, the dog days, whenever playoffs are, are, are looking like they're gone and it can get to where everyone starts playing for themselves and they're worried about their next contract and they're worried about getting theirs instead of just dialing in for the team and, and staying together. Did, was there any fractures going on in there? You know, I, I'd like to say there was, you know, there's days where, you know, obviously everyone's kind of button heads a little bit and, and stuff's hitting the fan, but I think the locker room, everyone brought it in and, and uh, kind of realized, you know, what we we're here for. And obviously it's, you know, going back to what McCarthy said, it's the Dallas Cowboys, man. I mean, we got everyone's here for the uh, reason. And, you know, there's a reason we brought you here and, and it, this is your this is your job. So we need to keep it going. And I think that's a testament of McCarthy. He, he was a he was a great coach, players coach, came in every day, was the same guy. Um, you know, if you need to rip your ass, he might rip your ass. But other than that, he was going to pick you up. He's going to say, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Finding ways to get better, trying to find the way that for the team to win. So I think guys respected that and, and, uh, and, and wanted to win for him. Now, one of the interesting things that came out during the year for the Cowboys was the players were allegedly, and it was unnamed players, you know, from sources and all those things, but they said that they were starting to call out, the coaches and things like that. And all all of us know that when you're losing games, you're frustrated, you say certain things, but did you ever feel like that affected the locker room? Like that affected the dynamic of the team at all? You know, I don't think so. I, I, it was the first day we came in there. You could tell everyone's kind of looking at each other like, Whoa, you know, was it you? Was it you? (laughs) And, and obviously that, that stuff happens when it comes out because no one knows, but you know, I'm on the offensive side of the ball. So as you guys know, it's like offense, defense. A lot of times you don't even see those guys during the day except for practice. You know, they're so I, I can't really speak for that side of the ball and, and kind of what they're going through. I'm sure that they talked about it and stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we try to just, like I said, put your head down and, and just do your job. And, and you know, we obviously on the offensive side of the ball, we couldn't worry about it. But 
I think it was, uh, it was there. Everyone knew about it, but we gave it about a week and, and, uh, you know, it was, it was gone. I expect a very diplomatic answer to this next question. So, Oh God, (laughs) you've, you're in a position, a unique position where over the last two years, you've played with the two now that Dak got his contract, two highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. How close are those two, honestly, as far as on the field? Because I'll tell you, and you can't be mad at Dak for getting his money, but I feel like there is a large difference between those two guys. Yeah, I mean, congrats to Dak for getting that that contract, you know, well-deserved. Um, but, yeah, that that's a tough question. Like you said, I, you know, playing with both of them, they're both incredible with, with different – talents you know they they both do kind of different things on the field and then a lot similar too but uh it, that's tough I, I want to say you know just with Patrick Mahomes and the different throws he can make and the different stuff we've seen the Super Bowl when he dives he's completely parallel to the ground and makes that throw 50 yards on the money uh you know Dak seems to he can scramble he likes to get out of the pocket but he likes to stay in the pocket as well and kind of sit back there make the throws get hit uh and, and honestly, I've seen Dak make just ridiculous throws too. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you who's better just from playing with both of them. But I'll uh, tell you, Mahomes is better, bro. <laughs> Mahomes is better. Dak's really damn no. good, but Mahomes is unbelievable. I hear you. I hear you. No, he, it, it's uh, – yeah, I would, I would give Mahomes a little bit uh, ahead on that, but they're both really good. They're both I- extremely rich. Now, as far as Dak Prescott – his contract was such a constant topic in sports media, right? People always bring it up, especially he goes down with that horrific injury. Then people are talking about it even more. Was that something that got brought up? Like, is that something that you guys were talking about? It was like, Hey, when's dad going to get his money? Is it something that he brought up or was it just one of those things where it was like, Hey, his agents got to deal with that. And we got to focus on getting ready to play games. You know, I didn't hear it really as much. I mean, you might have a guy, you know, joke around about it with them a little bit, but, uh, you know, you didn't really hear it as much. And I think it's because, you know, Dak, Dak didn't really want that attention on him. Uh, he knew, I think, that it was, it was going to come, just give it time. Uh, and obviously the injury came, and you could just tell with those pictures you saw on the field and crying, you could tell it really meant something to him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, you know, at the end of the day, he he got his money and and uh, it's, it's well deserved, man, for sure. Quick break. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from sixty-three tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at ten thousand dollars in cash prizes, and it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you are filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use promo code OKLAHOMA to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code OKLAHOMA to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, and NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, from tip-off to buzzer, my bookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. 
Also, make sure you contact our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. All right. And don't forget to send your children to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Okay, back to the interview. Was Jerry Jones ever around there very much? Did did you guys? I, I know it was a different year. I, I I imagine in a typical year he's he's in and out of there all day, every day. But was he around the team a whole lot? Yeah, it was. Uh, so he he would come, you know, randomly. You'd see him over there on the sideline at practice, or uh, obviously the games, maybe in the locker room before or after. Uh, just kind of hit or miss, uh, you know, him and him and the whole Jones family that you'd see him around and and uh, the whole crew and, and scouting department. But you definitely did, but you just you never knew when you're going to. You know, he could he could be there one day and and you wouldn't see him for a week, but. Uh, you know, you definitely – it was pretty cool seeing him out there and watching the practice and, and getting involved with it for sure. Yeah. Jerry Jones, what a guy. What a character. Now, I like I won't lie, I was, I was very happy when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl because I know you had – it had been a really tough decision for you in free agency, and I was like, damn it, if they win the Super Bowl, he's going to be like, why didn't I go to Kansas City? Like – so uh, what was that kind of like for you, seeing all those guys you just played with get another shot and another Super Bowl ring and just coming up short? I know I saw several of them at your wedding, and it was they, – they were kind of just like, yeah, I mean, Tampa was uh, – they were damn good. Right. No, I think at the end of the day, like, like you said, I would have been hurt for sure. I mean, just knowing in the back of your mind, like, oh, you know, I, there's a chance I could have went back there. But, you know, people kept asking me that too as it got closer to the Super Bowl and – you know, I, I, it is what it is, man. I mean, I made a decision to go to the Cowboys and, and it was, it was what I did and what I wanted to do. But uh, yeah, like you said, it, it was, it was, it was a tough one. And, uh, but yeah, even at the wedding, seeing some of those guys and just reminiscing and having them talk about this Super Bowl and stuff and, you know, kind of brings up the last one. And, uh, but, you know, listening to them and, and saying how they lost and everything was, was not fun either. So I, you know, I feel for them on that as well. Teddy, Anthony Sherman, their fullback. It's like the first thing I see him say to Blake is, you would have started for us all year. What were, <laughs> what were you thinking? What are you it thinking, was, dude? It's like the first thing he said. I'm you like, should we, have get said, it, we get it. Go talk to the GM, dude. Okay? <laughs> the GM should have known that too. Right. So so what's next? Um, it's a weird year. Uh, there's There's – cap is what is it flat or maybe even down a little bit um it's just a it's an interesting year there's there's a bunch of teams that 
have been way more active as far as some of their big contract guys, as, as far as releasing and, and stuff like that. So what's the outlook right now? What, what, what have you guys talked about as far as what the next steps may be? You know, so I was talking to my agent the other day, and I think everything starts up, what is it, next Wednesday? Monday, I think the legally uh, tampering period or whatever they call it, where they can kind of start talking to you and, and getting a feel for everything. But really, he said, you know, like you just said, everything seems real quiet right now. Uh, things might start going slower just with all this stuff and the cap, trying to figure out, you know, a lot of free agents out there as well. So we'll see, man. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'd like to go back to the Cowboys, uh, you know, if that's if that's an opportunity for me. But you know, as soon as I sit here and try to figure out where I'm going, you just don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. all of a sudden your agent can get on the phone and say this team called or this team called and they got this for you. So, you know, I try to do that a little bit last year and it's just like your mind's going everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going back from the Chiefs Cowboys and it's like, you know, this year I'm just going to let it let it play out. Whatever happens, happens wherever I'm at, you know, I'm at. But, I'd, you know, I'd like to stay stay close to close to home if possible. Yeah. And Teddy. Blake's free agency last year and I know we've talked about this before but he was doing it all out here in Maui so he was getting calls at like four in the morning and like just missing all these calls and he was like dude I just keep playing phone tag with my agent I was like that is <laughs> that's not what you want you feel yeah, like I'm, every every second like if you don't answer the phone like the opportunity is going to be gone right no 100 percent I'm pretty sure out there at uh wasn't it like four in the morning I rolled over and my phone was ringing and then I missed it. I get a text saying, you know, hey, this is Coach or Coach Reed's trying to call you. So I got up and called him back, and he was just, you know, talking about free agency and everything. But it's just kind of funny. It was like, okay, it's four in the morning. I mean, come on, can I call you back at nine or ten? <laughs> you're trying to act like you're paying attention, like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah coach, sorry, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yes, Coach. Now, oh, okay, so the free agency thing is it's interesting. We'll see how the cap affects that and how that affects the timetable for a lot of free agents. But what have you guys been told from the Players Association, uh, from the leadership there about OTAs and this offseason? Because you, you missed out all of, uh, on all that stuff last year. Have you gotten any sort of update from the leadership in the players group about OTAs this year and kind of what the offseason will look like? Yeah, you know, I was I was asking my agent the other day, and and he really didn't know of much, but he thinks that we'll start virtual and possibly get into maybe May, and we might go for a couple camps or get into the, you know, getting back to the facilities. Now, I have no idea. I was thinking we would just start up and, and just be going just with baseball, basketball. Everyone's kind of going. Now, you know, are they thinking maybe the way we did it last year, actually it ran pretty smooth? Uh, you know, with the virtual now, they you know, like I said, they could do a little bit of both. I'm not sure. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they what they do. How'd you feel? So it was it was different physically. Were, were you where you needed to be? I know you mentioned earlier that you felt fine, but like a typical season, you've been together so much and, and walking through stuff and OTAs. Did it take guys a little bit longer into the year to really hit midseason form, so to speak? Well, I think, you know, like I said, for me physically, I felt as strong as I ever have because I obviously got to work out that much longer. 
but I would say the, the football shape, you know, you can condition, you can go run your gasser, you can do whatever you want, but you start getting out there for the first couple of practices and looking to the guy next to you. And you're just looking at each other like, what is going on? Because, you know, you getting can't that shoot an individual drill, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. You just can't, you know, you just can't, you know, you, you can't put, put it together. I mean, you can't do that out here. Even if you're hitting the bag, hitting the sled, it, it's not the same as being on the field and, and actually striking another guy. So it's, it's different. So, Blake, before we let you get out of here, man, what did you think about C.D. Lamb in his rookie year there in Dallas? Had some, you know, had a lot of production, had some good games, had some highlight plays. Well, how did he kind of fit in there in Dallas? Because it looks like the, the future is very bright for that young man. Very bright, man. I mean, just the way he came in there, uh, you know, guys obviously knew, you know, his talent level and what he could do on the field. And then just getting in the locker room and getting to know him. You know, I didn't really know CD like that. I met him a few times at OU, but, um, you know, talking to him, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, even throwing Neville in there. Neville's a great guy with a, with a great sense of humor. Um, but, yeah, CD, the, the craziest thing about him that, that I noticed is, you know, some of, those, some of those plays across the middle. I mean, he would go up and make a catch and absolutely get smacked by safety. And he'd get up and do a celebration and go to the huddle. And he'd take about two or three more of those. And, you know, CD's not the biggest guy. You know, he can run, but he's, he's just – and he'd get up, man. And he kept doing it, and uh, he did it all year. So, he, he's unbelievable. And like you said, man, his uh, ceiling is, is going to be super high. Well, so, for you, um, typical off-season workouts, are you on, on the same timeline you are right now on a typical year? Aside from obviously last year was was a little bit different, but uh, you you where you want to be health wise, everything for for next season. Yeah, I'm feeling good, um, and really right now I'm just getting going on. You know, today was like my second squat workout, and I was walking up the stairs to come do this interview, and I was like, okay, I got the Gumby <laughs> legs, man. I'm shaking a little bit. I go tomorrow and the next day is not going to be good. <laughs> That's that body by Baldwin, brother. Body by Baldwin, baby. Teddy, uh, Blake does his, when he's home, when he's in Oklahoma, he does his offseason stuff with a guy that I played high school football with and was the strength coach at McGinnis for a long time. And I swear, he still sends me the workouts. He's like, I'm going to kill Blake today. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> he does, for sure. That's brutal. Love it. Teddy, you got anything else for him? No, nah, man, all good. I'm just, I'm excited for you, man. I, I, I think good things are going to happen, free agency, and you're going to have some choices, man. I know, man. I'm excited and can't wait to see what's going on. But I'm like I said, I'm sit back and see what happens. I, hey, keep keep taking those snaps at quarterback. You never know whenever you might get that forty million dollar deal. You never know. I know. And right honestly, I'm starting to see those, uh, you know, the James Winchesters and stuff. Maybe I should start snapping it too. It seems like a bit of loss. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Another man. another few years on. Huh? He's the smartest guy ever. I know. It's incredible, really. The smartest. The smartest people on planet Earth, deep snappers, especially the guys that have been there for like 13 years in one oh, spot. Yeah. You're just like, what? It's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure the, the guy for uh, the Cowboys, LP, he's been there. It's, he's going on year 17. Well, that's the problem is there's like one job comes up every 15 years or something. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to get lucky with it. All right, Dose. Appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks for joining hey, us. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. The old belldozer, 
he just he keeps getting it done man from from where he was in college you know switching positions to what he's been able to do they're just a hell of a career and I know he's not done yet he 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 was playing really well towards the end of the season for him Ted but I I continue to be impressed by that young man called well, young he, man I don't know why yeah. I called him young man that he's was weird. 30 now I think right he's not 30 because I'm 30 and he he was in the recruiting class after me so he hasn't turned okay. 30 yet we'll probably right. have a a bit of a get together for the old dozers yeah. 30th. Well, I know this, we always talk about, and you've heard this a million times when it comes to the NFL, but the more you can do. And when you have a guy that can play special teams, could be a blocking tight end and, and help in, in pass protection. Like we talked with him about still run routes and be effective there, play quarterback in a pinch. If you need them to, those are the guys that stick around and people know this, the, the blocking tight end is a diminishing position around the NFL, but it's still needed. It's great for protection. It's great for the running game. So he's, he's got a nice little niche that he's, he's really making the, the most of. It's great. Yeah, and I'll say this. He was open a lot more than he got the football. I and that's how, that's how it usually works for the blocking tight ends. But, um, yeah, he, he's done a great job. And random fact about our man Blake Bell. He's got a training camp birthday. Ooh, miserable. Miserable. Ooh, early August. August. Early wow. August. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But so those get- early uh early July birthdays have has been where it's at, I guess, before you uh dial in to get your camp legs ready. Ugh. And on that note, episode ninety four in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from two to six on Sports Talk fourteen hundred. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time